danger. It's danger. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. Yo, wow. Yo, wow. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Good morning, USA and Canada. Yo 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 In particular I mean Toronto All right so we are back it's a Tuesday that feels like a Monday good morning Charlemagne Good morning Angela Yee peace to the planet is Tuesday And drama hit the 6 yet Jesus Christ she shot it out Canada twice Toronto in particular. My God. All right. And DJ Amy, we can see him on Revolt, but we can't hear him. So All we hear is like Spanish he's... music for some reason. So maybe he's trying to make the switch after um, a week off. Maybe he's finally gotten in touch with his roots, who he really is. So maybe he's trying to make the switch to Spanish. I don't know. Because all I hear is Spanish now, music we, for some reason. We can't see you on Revolt. Oh, that's because my phone been dead for a week. So it's charging up right <laughs> now. Yeah, it's been dead. I mean, we've been off for the whole week. We've been off for nine days. Uh, yeah, and guess what? My iPad was dead, and I charged it yesterday, knowing that we had to work this morning. I forgot all about it. It's amazing how you can have a whole week off, technically <laughs> nine days because of the weekend, and still wake up on the day it's time to go back and be tired and not prepared. And that is who I am. Now, I'm going to make a request for a revolt. They gave us these little stands to put the iPads on, but the stand is awful, and I'm always like trying to fiddle with it. It keeps on falling over because it's not sturdy enough to hold this. Oh, I thought it was so. just me. They sent me like two. Yeah. Or, they've sent me two or three uh, tripod stands since we've been doing this. I, I thought it was just me. I'm over it. I can't do Zoom no more. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Zoom. I'm sick of this. I want to be in the studio. I can't take it anymore. Everybody else seemed like they back to work in their studios and you know living their life like it's golden. I want to live life live my life like it's golden too. Damn it. Really? I didn't think most people were back in the studio. It seems like it when I'm watching TV. All right, well, we got a lot going on today. It was Labor Day weekend. Shout out to everybody. You know, in Brooklyn, the West Indian Day Parade is usually a huge deal, Labor Day weekend. Obviously, that did not happen this year. Juve is the night before. That's when you party all night into the West Indian Day Parade. That didn't happen, but I did participate in a peace march instead on Sunday. So I just want to shout out to the Bishop, Bishop Whitehead, to our Brooklyn Borough President, Eric Adams. Fabio Foran was there as well. And he's got some initiatives that he's working on, too. So shout out to hey, everybody Brooklyn, who came out. Why Brooklyn back shooting like it's the 90s? Yeah, that's one of the reasons why they had that march. It's been really violent, not just in Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's been bad, but all of New York City. I don't know why there's been so many shootings, so many killings. Uh, it's been awful. It's been now, really, this happening really bad. In the, so. This happening in the gentrified parts of Brooklyn? The parts that are, you know, that aren't, I guess, uh, the hood anymore? I can't say that, although I will say somebody just got shot and killed in Bay Ridge, and that's uh, and that's unusual. I think that was their first, uh, and that's in Brooklyn. I think that was their first one so far during this pandemic. Like, I think I saw so, a, a, six, a six-year-old get shot yesterday coming yes. out of a cab in Brooklyn with Shattered his mom his or dad or something. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I don't All know. All right, so 
I know everybody's stressed out, but remember that these are people who have families. When you shoot somebody, it affects more than just that person that you have an issue with. And sometimes you start shooting and you start shooting at people that don't, you know, just minding their business. And just remember, mm-hmm. these are real people with lives, with families that get affected by something like that. You wouldn't want it to happen to you. I always say it takes a bigger man or a bigger woman to be able to resolve whatever issues by saying, let's just discuss this. So Yeah, yeah. Let's well, keep that in mind. But let's get into front page news. Yeah, sorry to start the show off so dark, but uh, life is what it is, okay? Now, what do you got in front page news, G? Uh, let's see, where are we going to start? Where are we going to start? Do you want to talk about the president? Give us more darkness. I, I, I was going to say more darkness. <laughs> it is dark. pretty bad. <laughs> all right. Okay. I guess we'll do it. We'll talk about it. All right. All that and more. It's the Breakfast Club. We're back, baby. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes now we can, we can hear you. Well, you know, right. speak the Spanish you were speaking before the um, mic turned on. See, si. That's all I got. That is mm. all I got. Oh, say, can you? No. Let's get in some front page news. I ain't messing with you. Where we starting, ye? Well, let's start with Donald Trump and his news conference. Now, uh, one thing that he talked about is he feels like the vaccine will come on a very special date. Biden and his very liberal running mate, not a competent person in my opinion, would destroy this country and would destroy this economy, should immediately apologize for the reckless anti-vaccine rhetoric, talking about endangering lives and it undermines science. It's a political rhetoric. That's all it is, just for politics, because now they see we've done an incredible job. This could have taken two or three years, and instead it's going to be <laughs> going to be done in a very short period of time. Could even have it during the month of October. Oh, God. Let the record show Lenard McKelvey, a.k.a. Charlemagne the God, said they would give a vaccine to you on November 2nd, and you won't be able to wake up on November 3rd. These people are so obvious with what they are trying to do. It's disgusting. They don't care about getting the vaccine and getting people actual help. They just want to win an election. Now, another thing Donald Trump wants people to do when they're at these news briefings is to take off their masks. The issue of what happened when you were in France continues to be a You're going to have to take that off, please. How many feet are you away? I'll speak a lot louder. Well, if you don't take it off, you're very muffled. So if you would take it off, it would be a lot easier. I'll, I'll just speak a lot louder. Is that better? It's better, yeah. I would have to see how many people are around that person that was talking, though. Right, because even though Trump may have been a certain feet away, we don't know who was around him in his area. And I didn't see the video. And he's pretty old. He probably really couldn't hear. He probably really couldn't hear what the guy was saying. He probably got to read. The guy was like, "Look, I just talk louder." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. I do, hate now, people, I do hate when people try to talk to me with a mask on, though. It is like you know, I get it, but you know, you have to. Back, now, back Donald Trump bit. is telling agencies to end trainings on white privilege and critical race theory. The Trump administration is instructing to end those racial sensitivity trainings that address topics like white privilege. He says they are divisive and anti-American propaganda. They sent a letter to federal agencies on Friday. And according to the memo, it says all agencies are directed to begin to identify all contracts or other agency spending related to any training on critical race theory, white privilege, or any other training or propaganda effort that teaches or suggests either one, that the United States is inherently racist or evil country, or two, that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil. You know, I I think those trainings are pretty stupid, too, though. I, I shouldn't have to teach you how not to be racist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I got to sit you down and teach you how not to be racist, I, yeah, it might be too late at that point. Way too late. It's possible. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there's certain things that people aren't sensitive to and that maybe it is if it's an issue at your job that, mm-hmm. you know, some there's some people who don't know any black people. Like, seriously, so that I, have grown up in places where they haven't. You shouldn't have to teach people how not to be racist, though. Yeah, I think, okay, I if, if, we're, if, if we're just filling in cultural blind spots, yes. I think that you can sit down and you can uh, tell somebody about something that they may be doing that's insensitive they may not know is insensitive. You can fill in cultural blind spots. Correct. But not you mm-hmm. can't teach nobody how not to be racist. You can't have a I don't think that. I don't think it's saying that you're racist, but there's a lot of things that happen that it's racial sensitivity. Right. So to be sensitive mm-hmm. to other people and their cultures that you may not know about. And let's think about it, even in school, there's things that people are learning about now who are black that they didn't know about and holidays and things mm-hmm. like that and history that we're not aware of because we're not made aware of that in school. Right. All right. All right, well. And um, just lastly, I want to say that he also says that the Department of Education will investigate the use of the 1619 project in schools. So that goes along. Oh, yeah, he's serious about that. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he's going to defund the schools if they teach that curriculum. I don't understand. Right. That's, that's American history, though. Like, that is a exactly. part of American history. So I don't understand why. 1619, when the first slave arrived in America. I mean, you should be ashamed of it, but I guess, you know, the more that they acknowledge it and the more they teach people about it, then more people will start to ask questions and want America to truly atone for it in the form of, guess what? Reparations! And they don't want to have to cut that check. All right. Well, that is front page. All right. That's your front page. All right, get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Shout out to everybody in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta uh, doing a couple things, looking at some properties, and I had to spin now. This was the first party I did. Now, New York, New Jersey, if you don't have on a mask, you look crazy. You look weird. In Atlanta, if you have a mask on, you look crazy. I was the only one in the spot. I think me and June and maybe Louis V were the only ones with masks on. Everybody, mask off for real, for real. But Is that, is that to- Future's fault? I don't know whose fault it is, but... For the song, was, Mask Off? There was not did you play it? Mask. I did play it. Did you play that song? I did play it. Excuse me? I, I, yes, you I did, did what? Yeah, yeah. I You're did. complicit. I, I, I did, yeah. I sure did. Wow. Wow. But anyway, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah, my name is Tim. Tim, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Peace, Tim. Hey, you know, um, I, I was definitely listening to you um, talk about the white privilege being taught, and I honestly believe that it's not really a mistake. Me being a dean in a high school, they do these trainings for these teachers because of the simple fact is um, I actually started it in my school because I watched these teachers belittle our black students and the way they treat them and the way they teach them. They don't fully understand our black children, our black and brown children um, especially. Mm-hmm. And once we started doing these trainings, we started doing this training with this lady who passed away that was um, two years ago. Very intelligent black woman who had a Harvard degree who was going around to all schools teaching this training to these mm-hmm. white teachers to better understand and um, work with staff and children of ethnic culture. And I honestly believe, like, within them two years, a lot of the white teachers actually started to behave differently. Really? Right. What exactly is the yeah, training? They, what, are they, what exactly are they, they teaching these 
teachers. The, the, the trainer was basically taught on, like, sensitivity and, and knowing how to treat um, your, your staff member and how to treat the children that you work with because a lot of these teachers would come to school and not speak to the black staff. They would come to these schools that's in these black mm. neighborhoods and feel like, oh, I'm just coming here to get my degree done and then they'll move on to a white school that they want to work at. But you're being in these black neighborhoods and you're teaching these kids and you're not, you're not giving them your 100% because you're not really here for it. She was teaching them, like, you can't do that. If you're going to be here, you're going to be here. You're not going to be here just to give them the beginning of the alphabet and not finish the whole thing. Because a lot of our kids are failing because of you have white teachers who feel like they're privileged and they're only here to get their college degree paid off. Mm. Because that's the system of right. you go to these low-privileged schools and you do this and then you can move on to a school that you want to work at. And that's I honestly feel like these programs, they actually work for some. I'm not going to say for all, but I do say, especially in the school system, it will work because our kids are failing because of teachers like this. You understand? That like, sounds amazing. Know how to but do it, that sounds that amazing, but it doesn't sound like diversity training. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds like no, you're, you're sitting no, these no, teachers no, down, making them care. Diversity training. No, it's okay. definitely diversity training because it had to be done, especially when you have higher ups like principals who who are, who, are, who are not treating their black staff right. We had a principal gotcha. who was getting rid of like 90% of the black teachers to hire white teachers. And gotcha. what, the, what the training did for him was it had to That's make him realize that. I, yeah, it, yeah, it basically was, but I mean, the training basically had to show him that a lot of our black and brown, our, our black and brown kids don't identify with someone mm -hmm. who is white telling them what to do versus someone who looks like them, who that empowering them to do things. And it's because of this training we was able to bring in like our brother's keeper for these young men that are just in gangs, but now they learn how to tie a tie. They know they know how to do things at job interviews. You know these True. programs enlightened our principal on how to help better our black and brown youth better than, okay, well, we just here to work and then that's it. All right. Well, no, I well, thank you for calling in, brother. That's a good point. And I just want to point out, y'all, just to add on to that, if you guys watch The Office, there's an amazing episode where they do diversity training in The Office Place. And you have to see that them. episode. Yeah, I've never seen The Office. Oh, my gosh. That is one of the funniest episodes. Listen, I would also like to say keeping a white person employed when they're racist is the epitome of a white of white privilege. <laughs> okay? I don't think a black person would get that same type of grace. But get it off whatever. your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up? Uh, unanimous. 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 Right. I think it's anonymous. You mean, you mean it's anonymous. not unanimous. We understand. Unanimous, anonymous, tomatoes, tomatoes, same thing. No, tomatoes, it is tomatoes. not. You're right, you're right. I need you to know right. that. I need you to know this morning unanimous right, and anonymous right. are not the same he thing. Says, it's tomato, you're tomatoes. Right, right. Right. We got you, brother. Go ahead. Right. Maybe he you're meant right. unanimous. Get it yeah, off you your chest. I like alcoholics unanimous when everybody's drinking. Yeah, you're right. drunk. I love it. Let me get this off my chest, bro. And this is especially for Charlamagne because I feel he's like the most honest person there. Um, oh, damn. He's right, lying. Now, what I wanted to get off my chest is this. I feel like everybody's against Donald Trump, right? They say this, they say that. Uh -oh. But let's be honest. When has the media ever told us the truth? Now, everybody's listening, paying attention, and going with it. Oh, boy. 
When is the media ever told us the truth? I'm confused. Well, I mean, if you look at it like that, who's in the media more than Donald Trump? (laughs) I don't get what you're saying. What I'm saying is this, though. So everybody's saying, oh, Donald Trump's the bad guy, this is that, and the third, and Joe Biden's the good guy, right? Everybody's not saying that. No, they didn't say that. That's definitely not what they're saying. At all. Fox News isn't saying that. So I'm just saying, though, if we're going to pick our poison, would you rather drink a cup of Majorska or a cup of cyanide? I want whatever's unanimously being drunk by anonymous <laughs> people. I want what's okay? not going to kill me. That's what I want. What's Majorska? So, so, what we, so we're going to call Donald Trump Majorska and we're going to call Biden uh, cyanide, right? That's no, we're not. <laughs> I'd rather but, but That's what I'm saying, but we don't know that, though. Am I right? I'm tired of drinking poison. So, so I don't even like when right. people say, like, the lesser of two evils, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. I'm voting for the person who I think best aligns with my current interest, okay? And my current interests uh, better align with the Harris-Biden campaign. Okay. So, anyway, okay. what was what was your point, though? So, what is your whole... Now, my point was, my whole point was, is, like, you see, like, everybody's saying Donald Trump is a bad guy, he's a racist, this, that, and the third, which he probably is. But I feel like people shouldn't worry about if he's a racist, if next door you live to a racist. You should address that racist first before you worry about the president, am I right? So... It doesn't Why matter if the president, having... the person that is the president of the United States is racist. If your neighbor's racist, is what you're saying? Yeah. No, I'm saying yeah. if the president is racist and you're so worried about racism. Yeah. You're, you're going back and forth for the person who called up in and said he wanted to remain unanimous. Can I hang up on this one? What's your name again? Well, I wanted yes, to know why he, didn't, why he didn't want to say his name. Oh, man. He, I'm just curious. I, 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 I don't know, but just keep in mind you're going back and forth for the person at 6 in the morning who called up in and wanted to remain unanimous. And then told you that unanimous, unanimous, <laughs> tomato, tomato is the no, he same. Said tomato, thing. tomato. Yes, he did say tomato. He said tomato, tomato. tomato. Yes. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, and let's talk about a recreation of Golden Girls with an all-black cast. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk the Golden Girls. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, so Tracy Ellis Ross, Sanaa Lathan, Alfie Woodard, and Regina King are going to perform their own take on the Golden Girls. It'll happen on Zoom. So they all posted a picture of an old Golden Girls picture recreated mm-hmm. with them in it. So reimagine. Shout out to my girl Natina, who works at Def Jam. That's like her favorite show of all time. Yes, it is. She loves that. Yeah, I thought you were about to say shout out to my girl Natina at Def Jam. She's a Golden Girl. <laughs> Stupid. And no, she, she loves, loves the Golden Girls. So I she know does. she's really excited about this. So, when, uh, so it'll be reimagined. And they said the first episode is spotlighting and supporting Color of Change, the nation's largest online racial justice organization. Let the record show. Uh, Leonard McKelvey, a.k.a. Charlemagne the God, when Lunell was here, I, I said that it would be dope to see her uh, recast in a new version of the Golden Girls. But I think I said uh, some more. Miss Patton, I forgot the other person. I said, I think Adele. Did you say Adele or Flame Monroe? No, she said Flame. Oh, she I said, said it though. She mm-hmm. said Flame, yes. Mm-hmm. Sheena prince Bathwood will be directing and Lena Waithe will be hosting. Okay. All right, Naomi Campbell's ex-boyfriend is suing her for millions of dollars. His name is Vladislav Doronin. And he's saying, according to court documents, that she's refusing to pay back the money that he loaned her and that she also hasn't returned some valuable items of his. His property, he said, is valued at more than $3 million. 
And, you know, he's the president president of a Russian real estate and construction company. He's His net worth is a billion dollars. Yeah, when you're dating somebody, is that a loan when you're with somebody? I think it, it has very to be spiteful. an agreement. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it has to be an agreement. If you're like, can you lend me money for this? Then that's a loan. If you're just giving me things, that's not a loan. I bet you it's more to that story. I bet you he reached out to her lately to try to, like, reconnect or rekindle that flame and got curved. Now he wants his money back. To give my stuff back. Well, he bought her all kinds of stuff and stuff during their relationship. They were on the yacht. Now it's seven years later since they broke up, and now he wants that money back. Well, now, another Naomi reason Naomi can't un-F him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Naomi can't take all that poom poom back she gave him over the years. Okay, all of that time, all of that energy, all of that oral, I'm sure. She can't take that back. All right, That's got to count for something. You speak, honey. Go ahead, you. All right. Well, Chris Rock also recently was uh, doing a live with Naomi Campbell, and he recalls a time with Mike Tyson and Naomi that he was there and things went a little left. Yes, we did hang out. Me, you, Mike. Uh, I remember. I think Mike pushed you out of a out of a moving car one night. That was. Oh, was sure it wasn't me that pushed him. <laughs> That's if I even got in the car with him. He wasn't the best driver, Chris. I think you gave somebody a number. He lost his head. That's odd, right? Now, see, that same story told in a different context would have people calling to uh, cancel Mike Tyson in this era. <laughs> but Mike is pretty non-cancelable, right? Like, once yeah. you bite a man's ear off in front of millions of people, I think you kind of set the tone for how people mm-hmm. receive you. And Mike is probably well, the scariest person or individual I know. I bumped into him one time. Oh. Before. Yes, he is. I turned around. <laughs> And the way nice he looked guy. at me, I ran the other way. He is. Well, I, th- I, think, I think Mike is classic cancer energy. You know what I'm saying? What you see on the outside is definitely not what you see on the inside. Every, every time I've, I've only met him once, but he was very pleasant. I met him, uh, I think, last year at the iHeart Radio mm-hmm. Podcast Awards. Maybe that was I this was year. Waiting, I was waiting for Envy to tell the story about something that happened with him and Mike Tyson. Oh, Nothing no, happened. No. I just bumped Another into Mike Tyson. <laughs> and I turned around. <laughs> you know when you turn around, like, who the hell We got to animate these. I turned around, and it was Mike, and I just got out of Dodge. These are true stories. You should have said, you should spice it up a little bit and say, Mike smacked you on the ass. And Mike said, I want to F you till you love me. But why you want to go there? Like, why there? What you like, mean? Why not slap me in my face? Like, why slap me on Mike my slapped ass? you on the butt. Mike slapped you on the butt and said, let me nibble on your ear. Why is everything on the butt? Like, I would be so mad if like, Mike Tyson slapped you, you on the, in the face. Goodness gracious. Like, You'd rather the face than the butt in the ye? Yeah, I just I don't wanna I don't want him I don't wanna see Mike Tyson God, slap anyone. It's just God, weird. This, like this is my butt. Oh. Can I, can I already slap someone. God, you know <laughs> Who's talking about your butt? What is you wrong with you? Yeah, you are. I just said that I was crazy. crazy. All right, let's, let's move on. Like, what's wrong now with you? Usher and his girlfriend Jennifer are having a baby and he did confirm this on Good Morning America. Listen to this. You and your girlfriend are expecting a baby? Very excited about this. Yay! Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you guys so much. How excited are your sons to have a little brother or sister? Oh man, elated, excited. You know, babies always bring such joy to a family. And uh, really, really excited. Congratulations to Usher. Shout to Usher. Yeah, so, I mean, how many kids is that now for him? That'll be three, right? He has two sons. And then now that'll be his third child. So congratulations. And by the way, congratulations to Iman Shumpert and Tiana Taylor. They had their baby. 
Really? They okay. just had the baby shower like a couple days ago. Really? I Congrats know. So Iman Shumper posted at 328 a.m. on September 6, 2020, Rue Rose decided the baby shower throne for her and mommy was too lit. She didn't make the party, but she managed to make the next day her birth date. Now, when we buy homes, we always find a bathroom with great energy, but not in a million years would you be able to tell me we deliver both of our daughters in the bathroom without the assistance of a hospital. Our newest addition entered the world in the wow. water and came out looking around and ready to explore. A healthy child, a little sister, another daughter. Black love wins again. Welcome, baby girl. We love you. Baby Rue Dropping the clues bombs. I love it. What's her name? Rue. Rue Rose. I ain't dropping the clues bombs for uh, Rue Rose and the Shumpers, Tiana and Amar. Now, did Erica Badu get there to be the doula is the question I would like to know. Remember, Tiana said Erica mm. was going to be the doula. Um, I saw that Erica actually posted about it and uh, posted about the birth. And I'm trying to see if that post said that she was actually there because she was saying it's a perfect little baby hold on let me pull up her post right now she said welcome baby Rue Rose Tiana Taylor they did that thank you both for allowing me to assist so yes yeah. she oh, was there. okay mm-hmm. beautiful first face you see our voice is, is Erica Badu that's good energy I loved Erica's uh outfit that she had on that she pulled out of the closet it's her old demasculinization suit did you guys see it oh the gray suit <laughs> no, what is the demasculation? What is it you just called? Look, you, you it, it's even... the second post on her uh, yeah, you page. Gotta you got to see it. I, I saw that this weekend. Out. I was like, that's amazing. Can't even describe it. <laughs> you can. <laughs> How do you describe it? Uh, maybe something that English? Charlamagne would think, it, would think is tasty. <laughs> Shut up. Let me see what the hell is right now. <laughs> All right, well, of of you <laughs> that is your... <laughs> Why is this demasculation? It's a bunch of balls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, thank you, Missy. Now, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Shout out to everybody. I know for a lot of, uh, especially on the East Coast, schools start today. So I know a lot of kids are heading to school right. for their first day. So uh, just wear your mask, kids. Wear your mask. It'll be okay. I had, my kids started on Friday. They wore their mask the whole time. They just, they just please, as they said, please, parents, don't bring your kids with uh, sneakers with laces. Because it was like they don't want the the teachers so close to the kids to tie the laces. So we need to talk about that next hour. Because you know what sucks? What sucks is not knowing if you made the right decision sending your kids back to school. Mm-hmm. Because you won't know until you know. You know what I mean? Right. Like you won't know it's the right decision until something doesn't happen or until something does happen. Correct. Which sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, well uh, before we get in front page news, you know you heard what happened with NYU. Don't tell me, no, don't do that to me right now. Don't tell me nothing about no, the boy. No, 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 it was nothing crazy. Nobody caught nothing. But at NYU, oh. across the street from NYU, is a, like a park, Washington Park, where all the kids gather. Washington Square Park? Washington Square Park. So what happened was uh, NYU has this strict corona thing where if they catch you without a mask, which they caught 20 students without a mask, and they were suspended for three semesters. So 20 kids were suspended for three semesters for being out and about without wearing masks. Because they go back to classes, they go back to the dorms, and they can potentially give kids, other kids, coronavirus. I'm not mad at those strict rules and regulations. Three semesters Three sem- is a lot. That though, does seem bro. a little excessive, but Sheesh. I'm not. You, you got you to gotta set the precedent somewhere. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Where are we going, ye? Uh, Facebook is offering to pay users to log off before the 2020 election. So to assess the impact of social media on voting, they're going to pay selected members up to $120. All you have to do is deactivate your account starting at the end of September. They said anybody who chooses to opt in, whether it's completing surveys or deactivating Facebook or Instagram for a period of time, will be compensated. 
Uh, trust me, Facebook, that damage is already done. Okay, the videos I get from <laughs> YouTube and Facebook links, the misinformation that's already out there is, is, is damaging enough. Too little, too late. Well, according to Mark Zuckerberg, he announced last week that he's banning new political ads uh, in the week before the election to curb misinformation. Little oh, late. my God. Uh, yeah, too little, too late a week before the election, <laughs> Zuckerberg. Come on. Uh, right now, there is a lawsuit that was filed this week in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They are seeking reparations from the city and other government localities over one of the worst race massacres in U.S. history. Now, according to the complaint, they feel like... Uh, relatives of victims and other survivors. There's one survivor who is a 105 years old, Lessie, Lessie Benningfeld Randall. They said she still suffers from the emotional and physical distress that continues to this day from the attacks led by white mobs that killed as many as 300 African-Americans in the city. That's right. Now, they said, yes, the 1921 massacre was a public nuisance based on the state statutes. It affected an entire community or borough simultaneously while damage inflicted upon individuals may be unequal. That's right. Yes, America, you owe. Y'all need to atone for the sins of your ancestors, okay? Everybody celebrated Labor Day yesterday. Let's not forget that this country was built on the backs of free black labor. And, and you know, Tulsa in particular, that's the Black Wall Street area. Right. Think about all of those black people that were thriving in that community, minding right. their own black business, doing their own thing, and still had to feel the wrath of white supremacy. Why hasn't another one ever been built? I was thinking about it a lot recently. Like, how, how come another Tesla has? I, I said Tesla, Tulsa hasn't been hasn't been built. Tesla. I mean, there was there was other thriving black communities. I mean, you had uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Bronzer Bronzerville in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't I can never remember the town in North Carolina that bothers me. But you you had other thriving black cities. Well, according to statistics, they said unemployment among black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is more than double that of white people. And the median household income for black residents on average is 20000 less than white residents. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the U.S. Marshals have rescued 72 missing children across Indiana, Ohio, and Georgia in the past several weeks. So they did announce the safe rescue of eight highly endangered missing children in Indiana over the weekend. That's part of Operation Homecoming. And they did have those similar operations in nearby states. So that's how they've rescued 72 children since mid-August. So, you know, that's a what that's something that does need to be in the news more. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What are the ages of these kids? Do we know? Are, are they young, young kids? Are they teens? You know, do, do we know that? And, and where are these I mean, it varies from ages from? 3 to 17. And some wow. of them have been missing from two weeks to two years. Wow. And some uh, of them, they said, were actually... reluctant to leave the homes where they were found. And they said that uh, that often happens with children or teens who are repeatedly subjected to sexual abuse. Yeah, I read something yesterday that said a lot of those teens are runaways and and, mm -hmm. and, and homeless. Are they? Is that true? Are they actually people being kidnapped and placed well, in human trafficking? 91% are considered endangered runaways, and about one-sixth, they said, are likely to become sex trafficking victims. And that's of the more than 421,000 children who are missing in the country. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, you're at risk if you run away when you're that young of an age, and then you can be subjected to anything that can happen. So I hate those stories. Yes. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I really do. When you got small kids and you hear those kind of stories, it will make your anxiety go through the goddamn roof. By the way, this is another reason I'm dreading uh, people, the kids going back to school. Me too. Because I, I, I suffer from, like, real bad parental paranoia is oh, what I call it. So it's, so it's, that, it's that anxiety of knowing, like, you know, your kids aren't somewhere where you can just get to them in a heartbeat. You know, you send them off to school mm -hmm. and you're thinking about them all day. 
I was cool during this damn pandemic. Me you too. Hear me? me too. Now, yeah. I'm sitting here with my like knees fidgeting. My, yo, I FaceTime Legs my daughter. Fidgeting. I FaceTime my daughter at least three to four times a day just so I can see her face and make sure she's okay. She's oh, in college. Man. She's only been there, I think, five days. But three times a day, I have to FaceTime her. Just, hey, how you doing? Is everything good? You all right? You being safe? Okay, love you. Like, I don't know. It's, it is what and it now, is. And now you know exactly why your grandparents used to be so paranoid. My grandma used to be so paranoid all the time. And now I, when, you, when you're a parent, you totally understand. You get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. So uh, over the weekend... I guess documents came out about Dr. Dre's divorce and what his uh, wife is seeking. Do you have that information, Yee? Well, she wants his ex, his soon-to-be ex-wife has a list of monthly expenses, and she's saying that she basically needs temporary spousal support in the amount of $2 million. Okay, and, and how do you break that? How does she break that $2 million down? Do you have that? All right, laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. Clothes, $135,000 okay. a month. Wait, Education, wait, which is two- Buying clothes during a pandemic, $135,000 a month? Okay. Go ahead. Education, which is tuition and living expenses, is sixty thousand a month. Entertainment, nine hundred thousand a month. Charitable contributions, one hundred twenty-five thousand a month. Mortgage, one hundred thousand a month. And telephone, cell phone, email, twenty thousand a month. Now, listen. Let me tell you something. You're spending ten k a month on laundry, so clearly you got plenty of clothes to wear. So you don't need to buy no new ones. So cut the expenses for the clothes out. All right. And I'm not here to say what a woman should deserve in a relationship. They've been together twenty something years, so she she should definitely get something. But nine hundred thousand in entertainment. What the hell is so goddamn entertaining that you got to spend nine hundred thousand in entertainment and a hundred and fifty thousand in charity? A hundred and fifty thousand. There's no way I'm giving you money to give away. One whatever. Hey, I'm not giving you money to give away. And no. how do you ask someone for money to give to charity? And do you get the blessing? Who gets the blessing when you give somebody else's money to charity? Huh? That's a good question. But did you say nine hundred thousand a month or ninety thousand a month in entertainment? Nine hundred. Nine hundred. What the hell is so entertaining? What are we Ain't watching? Nothing that entertaining. You must have Beyonce come to the house every week. What? Are, what? Are, like now, just what? to be clear, they do have a prenup, and she is challenging that prenup. She's saying that she had to sign it under duress. But right now, he does cover her expenses. That includes chef, security, and maintenance for their home in Malibu, which is where she primarily resides. My goodness, let's open up the phone lines. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. I just want to know what's so entertaining. Is, is, that it costs nine hundred thousand dollars a month. Is this excessive? Is this a little too much? What are your thoughts, huh? Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. I don't think I can spend nine hundred thousand a month in entertainment. What like? What is my, so goddamn entertaining? There's the nothing that entertaining. <laughs> you can have every screaming service all available on TV. Broadway ain't even open. Ain't no plays in LA, is there? What the hell is so entertaining? You can't go. And you, you ain't sitting courtside now. You can't get what are you bubble? spending nine hundred thousand in entertainment for? I'm, I'm telling you, Beyonce must have to come to the house and perform once a month. It got to be something. But 800-585-1051, let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about Dr. Dre's divorce. Now, over the weekend, uh, there's some details that came out. You want to you explain the details, Yeezy? Uh, yeah, so basically, she wants to get uh, close to $2 million a month. Correct. And she feels that she's justified in getting that amount of money, and she broke down 
you know, nine hundred thousand dollars in charitable donations and twenty thousand dollars. Nine hundred thousand in entertainment. I know. I mean, oh yeah, entertainment. Sorry, one hundred and fifty thousand charitable donations. You know, things like that. So I've been thinking about this, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to court. Did, did her attorney really think it was cool to write $900,000 in entertainment? Like, I've been trying to figure out, how do you not keep in $900,000 in entertainment? How? You like, got to keep in mind who her, who her, her ex-husband is, though. This is uh, a Dr. billion Green. dollar. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got that Bro. bankroll, so it's not that crazy, Bro, in, spend, especially spend, in court in California. Spend $900,000 in entertainment right now in your head. How? Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm now, absolutely, listen, now, now, let me explain something to y'all. So, I was looking at what Ebony K. Williams had to say about all of this. She did a mm-hmm. whole post on it, so you should look at it on her page. Mm-hmm. As an attorney, okay. she broke it down, not of what we think someone should get, but basically the lifestyle that she's living. And she also compared it to, say, Jeff Bezos and Mackenzie Bezos and their divorce that happened last year and what she got from that. But she's like, this is a billion-dollar divorce. And so basically it's whatever the couple is accustomed to. She also talks about the fact that it's happening in California and anything that they made from the point that they got married moving on is their money because it's a community property thing. So she discusses, like, for instance, the cell phone. She said, let's say they both have matching cell phones that has diamonds from De Beers on it. She said a court would look at that and say, well, that's what they're accustomed to. So it's whatever she was accustomed to in the relationship. Whether or not we think it's right or necessary is a different story, but legally, what is she able to get is something different. And what is Listen, the good sister Ebony K. Williams is absolutely right, but I just have questions. I need <laughs> to know what the hell is $900,000 in entertainment. I need to know where are you, even, even when it's not COVID, where <laughs> are you spending $900,000 oh, in entertainment? What's so goddamn entertaining? If it's not COVID, you could fly different places. You can you got to fly private to different things. You could spend $900,000. That's easy a month if you got it. Yeah, she could, maybe she flies private. In entertainment? Yeah, you could fly to Broadway to go see a play and then fly your ass back. That's, that's so maybe, that she wants to, yes. maybe she wants to hear some music on the beach and she wants to hire Earth, Wind, and Fire to come perform. Lord have mercy. But what about 60000 But if that's what they spend every month, like who knows what they spend? And then what about 60000 in education? I was, I was confused. She's an attorney, correct? Yeah, but maybe for the kids, maybe for kids you know, further education. No, they the but they could still be going to school. That that's, doesn't mean you don't... Uh, she might still be going to school. That might be the entertainment right. part of it. You know what I'm saying? She bored. I ain't got nothing else to do but go back to school to get another degree. Okay? $150,000 in charity. Explain that. I'm giving you all of this money. You're already getting $2 million no, a month. Don't not, you got enough money for charity? It's one twenty-five, Charlamagne, not one fifty. dollars one twenty-five. whatever. Well, maybe maybe what it is is normally they give a certain amount to charity, and she still wants the part. I mean, I'm just going from the legal aspect of it, which Ebony broke you down very nicely. You can't take and money to maybe give if away. they normally say they both together because it is their money, but right? Once the they got married. Maybe every year he donates $2 million. So that means she still wants my blessing. half yes. of that. That is Andre Young's blessing. You but it's go their do your money, right? Thing. Once they get married, it's no, their money. No, you taking the money too. That they earn together. Okay, uh, what about um, 10 grand a month in laundry and then how much in new clothes? Yeah, you kind of, with that amount of money that you spend on clothes, you don't need to do laundry. You know, you know if I'm spending 10K <laughs> in laundry, I don't need to buy no new clothes. <laughs> Got plenty gotta, clean clothes. Another thing that Ebony stuff. pointed out is maybe Dr. Dre's not even mad about this. We're mad, right? Everybody oh, watching sure this is mad. like, because she's, look at Jeff Bezos. They had a very amicable divorce and they still, you know, send each other love and blessings and all of that and Man, worked it out. He's moved on. She's moved on. Y'all comparing Jeff Bezos to Dr. Dre. Okay, if, so if Dr. Dre, if, Je- if, Jeff Be- if Jeff Bezos woke up with Dr. Dre's money, he'd kill himself. Okay, <laughs> no, he that was wouldn't. a famous Chris. That was a fair. See, were you crazy? 
You worth a trillion dollars, <laughs> and you wake up and you only worth a billion? <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Oh, my name is Sandra. Hey, you guys. Hey. I've been listening since day one. Don't Thank believe you, you Sandra. Sandra. That means you're old like I us. Have... No, I'm 31. Oh. <laughs> I've been listening okay. since day one. I like remember us. when you guys were a little bit heavy on the ratchetness with the decision and shoot your shot. <laughs> I miss those days. I miss the decision and shoot your shot, man. I miss those. We had fun yes, until we got in trouble. I miss those days. And I am a Haitian therapist. Just want to give a shout out to all my Haitians. Sakpase! What kind of therapist? Physical yes. or mental? Mental health therapist. I love it. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, yes, what? I'm from Brooklyn and I live in Maryland. So, good therapist. Okay. Shout me out. So, so we're talking <laughs> about Dr. Dre's divorce. What, what, what do you think? Is it excessive? What, 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 what's your comments? What do you think? What's your opinion? I think that we're looking at it through regular people's eyes. And uh, as a millionaire, I think it's really easy wow. to rack up the private jets, the five-star hotels, uh, the luxury villas, and everything. Well, and they, me uh, and my not regular income spend a lot. I'm traveling, so I'm sure what's your name? Dr. Dre what's your name again? and his niece, Sandra. Yes. Sandra, I've never been called broke so sweetly. He was just like, you're we're looking at it through regular, regular people's eyes. But that's exactly <laughs> what Christ, Ebony was saying. This is a billion-dollar divorce yeah, billion we're talking about divorce. here. Right. not million, billion dollars. Yeah, maybe you're right. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, they can just go through money like water. I mean, it's possible. Okay. It's so possible. basically, Sandra, we need to act our wage and mind our goddamn <laughs> my, business my, and let, rich, <laughs> let rich people do what they do. Okay. Absolutely. Like, right. we can talk about um, coach vacations and, you know, three and a half star Vacations and vacations. <laughs> coach vacations. It's kind of okay. it's kind of like what Chris Rock said. If you make it thirty thousand and she want half, then that's a different story. But if you that's worth a different thirty story. million, right, and she okay. want half, well, you'd be well, all right. Well, thank you, Sandra. I, I think I quoted Chris Rock too with the uh, if Jeff Bezos woke up with a billion dollars, he'd kill himself. I think that was a Chris Rock joke too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he said if Bill Gates woke up with Oprah money. Mm. Kill himself. 800-585-1051. We're talking about Dr. Dre's divorce. What's your opinion on it? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Call me. Add your opinions to The Breakfast Club topic. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, good morning. We're talking about Dr. Dre's divorce. Now, we got some details over the weekend about the divorce and what his wife is asking for. Do you have those details, Yee? Uh, yes. Actually, I, you know what I'm doing right now? Because I'm reading uh, some of the things. But yes, 900000 for entertainment mm. as part of this $2 million in spousal support that she wants, $125,000 for charitable donations. But I'm reading another divorce Lord, lawyer, Holly Davis. And she's saying the fact that she's asking for $2 million a month means that she uh, is actually wants financial independence while the divorce is pending. And that request also suggests that $2 million per month is the carrying cost for the property that she wants to remain in while the divorce is pending, plus all of her expenses and perhaps even the children's expenses if they are with her quarantining with her. So um, uh, she's saying that uh, the kind of life that they've been living requires millions to cover expenses. But I thought they said they took care of the, uh, the mortgage. I thought part of that was... In the meantime, but I guess once once this goes through, she'll have to take care of it herself. But right now, he's covering it. 
I am not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary. I graduated from uh, night school in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, two years behind my scheduled 1996 graduation date. But I would like the record to show there's nothing financially independent about this. What the heck? What, 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 is that the term that the, the attorney used, financially now, independent? Another, another thing that she said is if you break down the math, right, if Dre is worth $800 million, $2 million per month equals $24 million each year, which is only 0.03% of what he's worth. See, see we, we, we got to talk about this worth thing, all right? Who, who determines this whole worth thing? Because yeah, online, my point. worth is $10 million. That's, that's true. But I don't have $10 million. Yeah, so I, yeah, I guess you say worth, but it, it should be what you have, liquid, right? But then it's also what you sell because I can, right now, if I sell my company, it could be worth this. But if uh, yes. another pandemic hits or the market drops, it could be worth this. Yeah. But let me ask you something. If you're, and God forbid this shouldn't happen, but if you got divorced, wouldn't you want your wife to have half? Yes, yes, I would. But Absolutely. guess what? Okay. I would be and in the courtroom with my hands on my hips saying, what the hell is $900,000 in entertainment? You better take exactly. your hands off your hips you right now. Take your hands off your hips. She's like, that's why I'm divorcing him right there. That's, See, he got that's his hands the reason why. <laughs> he got his hands on his hip looking back at me. Let's go but to I'm the saying, phone. regardless, you would, want them to, you would want your wife to have half. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I still got questions. And I'm not giving you $150,000 in charity. No. <laughs> that, that's not how charity works. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hello. You. Yeah, what's up, bro? What's your name? Steph. Steph, you, you smoking or, or can you talk to us right now? <laughs> nah, that's, <laughs> that's that smoker laugh when somebody, you catch somebody smoking. <laughs> what's your opinion, bro? Go ahead, give it to us. Man, that's too real, man. That's crazy, man. My whole thing is that's a whole nother bill. That's a whole nother bill for that. And then on top of that, what do you need this money for? It, 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 it's I'm, a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, I kind of feel like Sandra. Yeah, I don't think Sandra us regular people yeah, should thing. be having this conversation. You, uh, if right. you've never made two mil in your life, uh, I can't even. Uh, I don't think we're qual- you're qualified to have this conversation. I'm gonna be well, honest. Thank with you, brother. Well, let's not judge him. Maybe he has. Well, if my if if, if Sandra think our eyes are regular, <laughs> okay, then Mister. I know what he has. <laughs> definitely smoking regular this morning. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. Hey, what's your Good name, morning. Mama? Yvette. Hey, Yvette. Hey, Yvette. So I feel like um, Dr. Trey's wife definitely deserves the money. She's been with him since day one. Um, 24 so years. Think- not day one, maybe like day 30, okay. but not day one. Day number two, Envy, come on now. But, um, I that was Charlemagne. Oh, Charlamagne, I'm sorry. I think in honor of this, we should play his original song. I'm not going to curse, but it's called Itches Ain't Ish But Blank and Trick. So he knew what it was. But on a serious note, she took care of him, and she made him be the man that he is today, 24 years later. And everybody wants to rush and be on the Forbes billionaire list. But then they don't want to pay like a billionaire. Michael Jordan paid his ex-wife. There was no problem. And even um, Robert Johnson, if you got the money and the woman made you who you are 25 years later, the best years of our life, pay like a boss. Pay like a billionaire. Now, you, and yeah. not, 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 you, you say 25 years ago like Dr. Dre wasn't 40 or tw- 25 years ago. Dr. Dre about 60. Dr. Dre no Dr. damn Dre 60, man. Old. Stop he's, it, man. He's not that old. Dr. Dre over 50. He over 50, but he ain't no 60. Right. He might be 55. Wait, hold on, Charlamagne. You know what it is to, to get with a 25-year-old? 
I mean, let's be real. They raised by their mother, but you're doing a lot of raising. I'm sure Michelle Obama could tell some stories about when she met and married Barack. You're grown to a certain extent, but most of your growing will happen in those other years after your you're 20s. Right. And, and no, don't leave right. out okay. Michelle. Michelle told y'all what Dre used to do. So we only we don't even know what she put up with behind the scenes. The bottom well, line she is, is he- saying she is saying some things, by the way. And this is just to quote what she's saying. She also uh, is saying that he was intoxicated, told her that he wanted her to leave our Brentwood residence. He started yelling at me, F you, F you, get the F out, get the F out, go to Malibu. She moved. She said the next day he was still angry, sent text messages. Do not spend one more cent, period. You can't be mean and disrespectful and spend my hard-earned money. F that. And she said that he committed to improving our marriage. He said he would attend couples therapy with me and stop drinking. And she said it was not long before he showed he could not keep those promises. And she said that he would threaten her via text messages and all of that. Listen, Yee, she got to get back on the market before her best years are over. He already has two and a half. Listen, they oh, only do it to man. the black women. They only do it to black men. The white men on the Forbes billionaire list, that's how you could tell he's new to the billionaire list. The that's white not men true. They don't, take, they don't take their wives through all of this. They pay graciously you... to keep oh, all okay. the dirt hidden. To keep all the dirt hidden. They don't want all that stuff that they be doing out in public. They just want a nice, amicable split and they still got plenty of money. Dre is showing he's not used to his billions because he's getting nervous. She's been with him for over We don't even know if he's getting nervous. Why do you keep saying billions? We never said Dr. Dre had billions. Everybody was celebrating that? Yeah, but it wasn't billions. It was a few billion he, that he, he had to split with a few people. It says right now he's yeah. worth eight hundred million. If we go by that, well, well thank you. Oh, we don't even mercy. know if Dre has a problem with it. He didn't say anything. That's just we just giving our opinion, mama. That's us. That's our broke ass business. That's right. our broke ass. Uh, that's that's us with our regular eyes. And I said that. I said he. I said he might, said he might not have a problem with paying her the yeah, money. Maybe he's fine. Can we play that? Can we play that song just in case the younger generation? No, no, we have no. We're clean not version playing that song. song. There wasn't a clean <laughs> version of that song. No, 30 years ago, it's not one now. What's wrong with you? What's the moral of the story, guys? The moral of the story is mind your broke-ass business, okay? <laughs> mind the business that pays you, and it ain't uh, Beach by Dre or whatever the name of Dre's company is. Goodness gracious. All right. It's just us go. looking on the outside, and we can't believe somebody would spend 900 grand in entertainment. Right. That just means you get can't. your goddamn money up. We outside the club looking in. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. We got rumors on the way, Yee. What are we talking about? Uh, let's talk about a new book that is out today, and there's some shocking allegations uh, in this book, and we'll tell you who this person is, and I mean, yeah, you're going right. to be interested. I'm getting this book today. All right, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, this is about a young girl named Trinity. Now, there was an Instagram live video that was circulating, and it shows her being verbally and physically abused by her stepmother stepmother and her father. I've seen it. Yes. And little Scrappy had posted about it. And Mm -hmm. then Deb Antony, we know her, you know, that's Waka Flocka's mother, who also managed a lot of notable artists, and we've Mm -hmm. seen her on Love and Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. Uh, She actually managed to get the young girl, Trinity, and and take care of her. Here's what happened. She's good. And if we can stop making all the fake pages, let them know you're good. She's more than protected, honey. She's good. Allstate don't have nothing on me right now. (laughs) 
Now, Trinity's father has since posted, and here is his explanation of why he was throwing his daughter to the ground and sitting on her chest, restraining her. Stop worrying about her. She ain't yours. What you're looking at is a concerned father. What you're looking at is somebody who will go beyond boundaries, whatever measures to make sure that my child gets it, okay? Before she get it from somebody else. She ain't ready for the streets, and she ain't ready for me. What was she going to do? So you go to some random stranger's house because you want to smoke some weed. You don't know who these people are. So what if it was them doing it in their garage and not me? Now, yeah, I don't beat my daughters. I don't, I don't know what kind of punishment that is. I don't beat my daughters. You know what I'm saying? No hands will be put on my daughter. I beat my oldest daughter. I spanked her one time when she was like three, and I felt so stupid, okay? It, because one thing you realize when you get older is the way our parents raised us with all those beatings, that wasn't the move. It was actually cruel and unusual punishment. I wasn't supposed to get a beating with an extension cord back in the day, and then my dad make me go take a bath. That's yeah. that's. Torture. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll pop. I'll pop my daughter. I, has, I haven't had to pop my daughters in a long time. But watching that abuse and the fact that you taped it and thought it was okay and put it on live mm-hmm. and then have his, have the stepmom mm-hmm. slap her like that is abuse, bro. And I understand. I understand you saying I want my daughter to walk the straight line because we all want our kids to walk the straight line. But doing it that way, it's not going to accomplish anything. When, when your no. parents say this will hurt you. This will hurt me more than it'll hurt you. That's absolutely true if you've ever put your hands on your daughter. And also, too, you know what you realize? They're just kids. Mm -hmm. So you can't really punish a person for what they don't know. You know how stupid you look popping a three-year-old, a four-year-old because they did something wrong? They don't even know they're doing something wrong. You can have a conversation with them. How are you going to tell kids to use their words, but you're not using yours? No, No, sometimes they know what they're doing wrong. They do it on purpose. All right. Now, Justin Bieber was in a reflective mood, and he posted on his Instagram account, I came from a small town in Stratford, Ontario, Canada. I didn't have material things and was never motivated by money or fame. I just loved music. But as I became a teenager, I let my insecurities and frustrations dictate what I put my value in. My values slowly started to change. I let ego and power take over, and my relationships suffered because of it. I truly desire healthy relationships. I want to be motivated by truth and love. I want to be aware of my blind spots and learn from them. I want to walk in the plans God has for me and not try and do it on my own. I want to give up my selfish desires daily so I can be a good husband and future dad. I'm grateful that I can walk with Jesus as he leads the way. And then he posted a cover of Casey and JoJo's All My Life. Listen to this. Tell you something, man. I like Justin Bieber. Dropping the clues bombs for Justin Bieber. I think Justin Bieber uh, is absolutely one of these white people who gets it. He's a white person who uses his privilege to combat prejudice. And I think he really, 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 really just wants the best for everybody. He's just a good human. I, 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 I salute Justin Bieber. All right. Now, Michael Cohen's book is out today, his memoir, Disloyal. And some of the things that he talks about in this book is he says that Donald Trump said some things about his then 15-year-old daughter. This was back in 2012. They were at uh, Trump's New Jersey golf club, and he caught him staring at his daughter. And he said, and he said, Donald Trump said, when did she get so hot when he learned that uh, the girl that he was staring at was Michael Cohen's daughter? And then in another part of the book, he said that Trump would leer at contestants at a Miss Universe pageant saying that he could have all of them. 
We all have heard that story before. How old was uh, he? He also said that Trump, 15. 15. Oh, you owe me five minutes. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Michael Cohen wants me to be mad at Donald Trump for saying that to his daughter. No, I'm mad at you for letting him say it. Word. Like, you owe me five <laughs> you know minutes. You what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with your hands, Michael Cohen? Absolutely. Okay. Donald Trump wasn't now, the president then? Or was he? According, uh, eight years ago, no. According to Michael Cohen, he said Trump also cornered and forcibly kissed multiple women at his office. Right now, they didn't say which office this took place in. But, you know, of course, you know, the White House press secretary gave a statement. Yeah. Michael Cohen is a disgraced felon and disbarred lawyer who lied to Congress. He has lost all credibility. And it's unsurprising to see his latest attempt to profit off of lies. There is nothing wrong with him uh, telling those stories now, but he also has to hold himself accountable and say that he was uh, complicit in a lot of those things. Because if you sat around and you watched that behavior back in the day, you know what I mean? Now, according to, to Michael Cohen, yeah. who is Donald Trump's ex-lawyer, he also said in this book that Donald Trump made disparaging remarks about black world leaders, including Nelson Mandela, the former South African president, and U.S. minorities in general. According to Michael Cohen who, by the way, is serving a three-year sentence for making false statements to Congress. Uh, he said that following Mandela's death in 2013, Donald Trump said Mandela f the whole country up. Now it's a ish-hole f Mandela. He was no leader. He also you said, went along with one, all of that, Michael Cohen. He also allegedly okay. said, tell me one country run by a black person that isn't an ish-hole. They are all complete effing toilets. You went along with all of that, Michael Cohen, and now that things aren't haven't worked out between you and uh, Donald Trump, you airing them out. I don't, it's hard for me to respect people like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh boy. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. And we got to we got to bring back the days where people just get effed up, just get just get beat bloody. Like, you, you, we got to bring those days back. Yeah, somebody said that a grown-ass man yeah. tells you that your 15-year-old daughter hot and you don't tell him watch his effing mouth. Word. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. Come on, oh, man. Another one, Knock it off. He's forcibly kissing these women. Like, this is where, you know, I don't care. Like, my daughter, I don't care how old you are. Call me and I'm 80. I, I I get some old people to come with me and we, we go whip some ass or something. But come on now. Like, the visual of that was awful. I'm, I'm you were, he was an accessory <laughs> to all those crimes. He, serious, got, like, he, he was an accessory to all of that. My dad's 80-something right now. If I call him right now, he's coming with the strap, and it is what it is at 80. It don't matter. That, that's what it is, but especially his granddaughter. Now, define strap. allowed that to happen? His gun. He has an illegal gun. He can carry it in, in okay. all the states legally. Just legally. Just sure. We know you got caught with a nine-and-a-half-inch dildo, so I just oh want to make sure. Oh with, you know. I try to be serious with you. Let's get turned right. into a party real quick with you. All right, well, let's keep the party going. Who are you giving your donkey to? <laughs> oh, 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 well, uh, we're giving it to a, a, a white woman who did not use her privilege to combat prejudice. We'll talk about it. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, ex-jungle I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Tuesday, September 8th, goes to an author and professor from Kansas named Jessica Krug. Who is Jessica Krug? Well, the answer to that is, who the hell knows? Okay, uh, see, Jessica Krug was born and raised a white Jewish woman in Kansas, but at various points in her life, she claimed to be from North Africa, the U.S., and the Caribbean, and most fitting, the Bronx. Uh, why is the Bronx most fitting? Well, what does your Uncle Shala always tell you? 
The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. And what Jessica Krug has been doing is crazy, very Bronx-like. So if the bubble goose fits, wear it. Okay, see, Jessica Krug is the latest in a long line of people to prove the legend Paul Mooney correct. Everybody wants to be an N-word, but nobody wants to be an N-word. What are you talking about, Uncle Shala? Well, let's go to CNN for the report, please. College professor in D.C. has revealed she's been pretending to be black her entire career. Jessica Krug, she's an associate professor at George Washington University and has written extensively about Africa and Latin America, all while claiming her own black and Latina heritage. But in an article published on Medium.com yesterday, she apologized. She revealed she's white and Jewish. She grew up in a Kansas City suburb. Her story is not unlike uh, Rachel Dolezal. Remember her? She's another white woman who claimed that she was black while teaching studies, Africana studies, at Eastern Washington University. She even was the head of her local NAACP chapter. One of Jessica Krug's students said that she used a lot of Spanish in her speech, always changed the exact place she said she was from, even said the N-word when it was in texts that the class was reading. A spokesperson for George Washington University said the university is aware of her article and is looking into this situation. Oh, but, but, but wait, it gets worse. There's more to this story. Let's go to People Magazine for more. She adds that she should absolutely be canceled and that she's not a culture vulture. She's a culture leech. In the blog post, she explains how during her adult life, she took on multiple assumed identities. First, North African blackness, then U.S.-rooted blackness, then Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness. In the post, she writes, quote, I not only claimed these identities as my own when I had absolutely no right to do so, but I have formed intimate relationships with loving, compassionate people who have trusted and cared for me when I have deserved neither trust nor caring. In her Medium post, Crew calls her actions the very epitome of violence, thievery, and appropriation. She adds that she has been battling some unaddressed mental health demons for her entire life, but says that does not justify what she did. Well, I'm glad you know that, Jessica. Okay, that does not justify what you did, mental health issues. You know I have sympathy for all folks with mental health issues. I deal with my own. Okay, I actually just started going back to therapy physically last week, okay? But her, please. All right, and in, in this article she wrote for Medium, she said she's a culture vulture, a culture leech, whatever, and that she should be canceled. That's exactly how you know she's not black. One, Jessica Crew claiming mental health issues for random acts of racism is so white. And second, you can't cancel yourself. All right, that's not how cancel culture works. It is the epitome of white privilege to stand in front of folks and say you canceling yourself. If you didn't get canceled personally by black Twitter, it didn't happen. Trust me, I know I get canceled at least twice a year. Okay, you really tried to do some reverse psychology here. All right, once again, you proved how white you are because this is classic B-Rabbit. Okay, this is classic B-Rabbit in 8 Mile. Now, I'm a stern believer that if you live your truth like Eminem did in 8 Mile, no one can use your truth against you. But this isn't living your truth. This is just explaining to everyone that you have been living a lie. Okay? And this is the problem I have with white folks like Jessica Krug. If you really love black people, if you really love black culture, if you really want to help, if you want to, you know, uh, help this world, just just stop being a, a racist world. Why not use your God given privilege to combat prejudice? 
you a white woman from Kansas. You could literally just be yourself and do so much good in the hood. Okay, we need white women like you singing black people's praises. Okay, checking other white people when they are being racist bigots. Okay, see those natural Karen superpowers white women have can be used to actually help. But we see them so often hurt because power in the wrong hands has a disastrous effect. But Jessica, folks like you, folks like Rachel Dozal, y'all would have way more impact being white allies instead of causing black disunion. Okay, why would you want to waste all that good white skin? I need you to be the kind of ally that lets me use your white privilege like Wi-Fi and Starbucks. Why do so many white people want to white out their whiteness? Okay, look, white folks, listen to me. There is nothing wrong with being white. It's not your whiteness that's the problem. It's white supremacy. Okay, that's what we want to get rid of. Not just not white people, just white supremacy. We want to dismantle racism. Okay? Not your race. Be white. Be proud. Okay? Be proud and white. But more importantly, be a good human. If you are a good human, you will look out for other humans. You will show love to all humans. You will have empathy for all humans. And you will use your privilege to combat prejudice. Period. Poo. Please give Jessica Krug. Uh, well, actually, let Kathy Griffin give Jessica Krug the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Yes, so indeed. random. All right, when we come back, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. I know on the East Coast, uh, students start today. Kids start school today. So we're asking, how do you feel about bringing your kids back to school? I know a couple of weeks ago, I said I wasn't going to do it. But uh, after talking to my kids, uh, I decided to let them do it. Now, they're only, the way they're doing is they're breaking the school into two, the classes into two. So in my school, my kids' school, they're doing, let's say there's, I don't know, 15 kids per class, let's say. So they're breaking it down into morning and uh, afternoon. So it's only five to seven kids per class. And there's a morning class and I believe a night class and a afternoon class. So they're breaking it up so there's not that many kids. But also they're doing things like every kid has to wear a mask, of course. Uh, they're asking for parents to make sure that there are no shoelaces so that, you know, the parent, the teachers don't have to tie the kids' shoes. So I changed my mind because I wanted my kids to actually see kids, talk to kids, converse, you know, have conversations with each other. That's what I wanted for my kids. Uh, so I did change my mind. Uh, what about you, Charlemagne? Um, I'll, I'll talk about it when we come back. All right. 800-585-1051. Are you allowing your kids to go to school? Did you change your mind? What are your thoughts? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, our kids going back to school and our thoughts on things. So let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? John. Jonathan, what's up, brother? What's going on, boss? Hey, how many kids you got? How many babies? We got one, man. One. How old? Uh, five. Five. What are you doing for school? You allowing them to go back or you doing virtual? What, what, what are your thoughts? No, we... We're doing a virtual learning right now just because of the cases in the county that we live in. They said we're going up. Like, some of the teachers are not wearing masks and stuff, so I'm just Where like, nah, I don't want to do it at all. Memphis, Tennessee. Well, I stay in Mumford, but Memphis is like, a, uh, you know what Memphis. Memphis is, but Mumford's mm-hmm. on the outside of Memphis or whatever. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense, too. I guess it's, it's what area you're living in and how the cases are. I know in uh, New York, New Jersey, in this area, I know the, the cases were, I think, like 1%, which is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But I know in certain 1%? areas. 1%? Really? I think it was 1%, right? We got the option of uh, actually letting them go back to school anytime we want to. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the cases start to go down, we'll probably let her go, go back to school or whatever. But she enjoying the mm-hmm. home learning. I got everything that she needs and everything at home. And that's what sucks, man. You won't know if you've made the right decision until, God forbid, some BS happens. You know what I mean? Right, so that's right, why we right. all as parents are on pins and needles. That's why our parental paranoia, that anxiety that comes with being a parent is through the roof right now. Because we all don't know if we've made the right decision until, you know, an outbreak happens. All right. God forbid. True, true. Well, thank you for calling, man. And, and good oh, luck God. With, with your baby. Hey, 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 Andy. Yes, sir. Call man. Yes, sir. Hey, man, y'all mm-hmm. stop beefing with Joe Budden on uh online or whatever. Y'all talk to them man over, over the phone. And sh- you know what I'm saying? Y'all was beefing online. What, 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 what have you seen me say online? I ain't been on. I ain't even been on social media in five days. I'm just no, 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 no. I'm just talking about as far as like on the radio is concerned. Like y'all just handle this stuff in house, man. Y'all too important to the culture to be beefing on, online or whatever. Who, who's beefing? I haven't just said anything. Hey, that's hey, that's what that's what it looks like versus social media because. I see some how y'all talk about the clips or whatever. Like, y'all don't watch the whole episode, so y'all don't understand what, exactly what he's saying the whole But it is my opinion. Uh, but y'all doing y'all thing. I focus I on with Joe. I don't even know what he's talking about. Happy birthday. I, I really don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. He didn't respond to me, though, but I did wish him happy birthday. But I ain't beefing with Joe. I want to see I want to see all my people successful. Shout out to Joe Button. All right. All right. So what's the moral of the story, if there is a moral? The moral of the story is, as a parent, who suffers from parental paranoia, uh, we will not know if we've made the right decision sending our kids back to school until, God forbids, an outbreak happens. Mm-hmm. So let's all pray. Instead, even though we have collective parental paranoia, let's all have collective parental prayer as well. All right. Now, we got rumors on the way, Ye. Well, since we're talking about kids, let's talk about LeBron had to say about not bringing his kids into the NBA bubble. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, our kids going back to school and our thoughts on things. So let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Jonathan. Jonathan, what's up, brother? What's going on, boss? Hey, how many kids you got? How many babies? Just got one, man. One. How old? Uh, Five. Five. What are you doing for school? You allowing them to go back or you doing virtual? What, what, what are your thoughts? No, we... We're doing a virtual learning right now just because of the cases in the county that we live in. They're steadily going up. Like, some of the teachers are not wearing masks and stuff. So I'm just Where like, nah, I don't want to do it at all. Memphis, Tennessee. Well, I stay in Mumford, but Memphis is like, a, uh, you know what Memphis. Memphis is, but Mumford mm-hmm. is on the outside of Memphis or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense, too. I guess it's, it's what area you're living in and how the cases are. I know in uh, New York, New Jersey, in this area, I know the, the cases were, I think, like 1%, which is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But I know in certain 1%? areas. 1%? Really? Yeah, I think it was 1%, right? We got the option of uh, actually letting them go back to school anytime we want to. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the cases start to go down, we'll probably let her go, go back to school or whatever. But she enjoying the and home, learning. I got everything that she needs and everything at home. And that's what sucks, man. You won't know if you've made the right decision until, God forbid, some BS happens. You know what I mean? Right, so that's right, why we right. all as parents are on pins and needles. That's why our parental paranoia, that anxiety that comes with being a parent is through the roof right now. Because we all don't know if we've made the right decision until, you know, an outbreak happens. All right. God forbid. Well, thank you for calling, man. And good oh, luck God. with your baby. Hey, 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 Andy. Yes, sir. Solomon. Yes, sir. Hey, man, y'all mm-hmm. stop beefing with Joe Budden on, uh, online or whatever. Y'all talk to them man over, over the phone and you know what I'm saying? Y'all was beefing online. What, 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 what have you seen me say online? 
I ain't been on. I ain't yeah, even been on social yeah, media no, no, in five no, 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 days. No, 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 I'm just, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about as far as like on the radio is concerned. Like y'all just handle this stuff in house, man. Y'all too important to the culture to be beefing on, online or what? Who's beefing? I haven't said point, anything. Hey, hey, that's hey, that's what that's what it looks like versus social media. Because I see some how y'all talk about the clips or whatever. Like y'all don't watch the whole episode, so y'all don't understand what, exactly what he's saying the whole. But it is my opinion. Uh, but y'all doing y'all thing. I focus. Uh, on. With Joe? I don't even know what he's talking Wish about. Him happy birthday. I, text him. <laughs> I really don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. He didn't respond to me though, but I did wish him happy birthday. But I beefing with Joe. I want to see. I want to see all my people successful. Shout out to Joe Button. All right. All right. So what's the moral of the story? If there is a moral. The moral of the story is, as a parent who suffers from parental paranoia, uh, we will not know if we've made the right decision sending our kids back to school until, God forbids, an outbreak happens. Mm-hmm. So let's all pray. Instead, even though we have collective parental paranoia, let's all have collective parental prayer as well. All right. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Well, since we're talking about kids, let's talk about LeBron had to say about not bringing his kids into the NBA bubble. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Big Sean. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, first of all, shout out to Big Sean for putting out an amazing album. I know you guys have, I'm sure, all listened to uh, Detroit, too. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Big Sean. I have. 21 songs, but still, it's a great album. I know it's hard to put out that many songs and have an album still be popping, but I think he did a great job. Congrats to him. I absolutely uh, love Big Sean's album. Um, I had heard a, I heard a lot of it last year, but it, it's still very dope. I, I, I love the joint Wolves with uh, Post Malone. I love um, ZTFO. ZTFO is hard. Send the F out. Guard your heart. Big Sean got some joints. I like Big Sean's album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Big Sean had posted, he said, I thought doing what I loved would always make me happy and satisfied. So when I got tired of it, I was confused and it drove me insane. Later, I realized I was just growing and had to gain a new mentality and foundation on many levels and rediscover my passion and try new things. I don't feel like this currently, but I had never gone through wanting to kill myself, give up on my life until the past few years. And I didn't realize how important it was to embrace the ups and downs of life and enjoy uh, taking active steps to better it. It's in the journey. It's the journey. All right. In addition, Big Sean said that he is starting his own label after this album. So he said it's time for that. So, yes, what does I that believe mean? it is, is time. This, is this his last album with good music? What does that mean? You know what? I think this might be his last album on good music. And, I mean, it looks like he just wants to start his own label, too, and put some other people on. All right. Well, congratulations to him for that. I mean, I, I heard he's, he wants to put a lot of Detroit on, which I think is dope. Mm-hmm. He has a whole um, song on there with all Detroit artists. Yeah. Oh, he and does, and I actually would, mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear more artists do that kind of concept. I like the Detroit, uh, Detroit, what's it called, the Detroit Cypher record? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now LeBron is saying that he doesn't have his kids in the bubble, and there's a reason for that, and it seems like a very practical reason. Listen to this. There's nothing for me to do. I mean, I got a 16-year-old. I mean, he's going to sit in the bubble and do what? I got a 13-year-old. He's going to do what? And then my 5-year-old girl. There's nothing for her to do here. The park is not open. It makes no sense for me to be here. LeBron sounded so disgusted by that question. I don't know <laughs> what the exact question was, but he just sounded disgusted. Like, what the hell is my child going to do in a Why bubble? did you decide not to bring your kids was the question. <laughs> <laughs> that, he looked so disgusted and sounded so disgusted answering that question. But it's the truth, though. That bubble is a work environment. That's, That's right. literally all it is. It's literally the NBA said we have to get this work done. No recreation, no family, no entertainment, work. 
Yeah, he's right. Are what you allowed to bring your that? family though if you want to? Yeah, they you said are, you right? can bring your family. Yeah, but like you said, what what is my kids gonna do all day long in that bubble? They're gonna be bored out of their mind. Yes. Play with the other kids? I no, don't know. Watch from home. Go to the pool. <laughs> but I feel them. The kids would probably be like, Dad, I want to go home to my beautiful house. <laughs> All right. And uh, Rihanna, there's a documentary that's coming to Amazon next summer. They've been talking about this documentary for such a long time. But according to director Peter Berg, he said that Rihanna's endeavors is what actually delayed the release of this movie. She's got so many different things going on. So they said uh, the Rihanna doc is something they've been working on for almost four years. Amazon's going to release it next summer. And sometime, hopefully, around the 4th of July. It's been a really epic journey the past four years with her. I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Now, Rihanna also posted a picture. And apparently, uh, well, she didn't post it, but there was a picture posted. And it looks like she was bruised and battered. And they said the reason is that she fell off of her electric scooter. There was an accident. And that was what happened. The scooter flipped over, smacked her in the face and forehead. So they said it looks wow. worse than it is. And she is healing from that. I don't play around with them scooters, by the way. I see people going off fast on no. those scooters all the time. Yeah, fell off one of them scooters me, one time. Yeah, and I, I am not playing those games. Up, landed on us. She was injured for at least six months. She couldn't walk in heels. Her ankle was swollen. She don't play with them scooters either. Yeah, I don't like nothing with two wheels. <laughs> what? I don't like nothing. Not even a bike? I'm going to get you a bike. Motorcycle, bikes. I mean, I used to ride bikes back in the day. Like, you know, of course, when you was a kid. But you now, know, I'm going like, to get you a bike. Nah. I'm going to get you one. Nah, you just want me now, to ride. Shut up. I'm, I'm only doing this story because it was trending. What? Odell Beckham Jr. What happened with Odell? What happened with him? All right. Well, on uh, the podcast Thoughts Next Door, they talked about... <laughs> the podcast called they, Thoughts Next Door? You know, Selena Powell and... <laughs> anyway, oh, they had... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They do their own podcast called The Thoughts Next Door? Yeah. I never knew okay. that. Okay. Go ahead. Amazing. He went on their podcast? <laughs> No. Oh. I was about to tell you, Chief Keef's baby mom was on there, and she had this to say about Odell Beckham Jr. Go, baby. You, you can't. You got oh, Odell You Beckham. can keep it. Oh, allegedly. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> we're, we're avoiding lawsuits here. Yeah, allegedly. Yes, he loves to be sh- on. Okay. okay, that was my first time ever. I never You thought, did it? You actually no, did I, it? I actually couldn't sh- Okay, he wanted me to come on a plane... And he was like, make sure you don't have any underwear. Don't take a shower for 24 hours. I'm like, damn, what the f*** you on? But he was like, take a picture. This is how I got flown out. He was like, take a picture of me, you f***ings. Whoa. Yeah, so I only talked about it because I saw a lot of people discussing it online. I don't know if that's that true or not, but is... that's what people are talking about when they talk wow. about Odell Beckham Jr. and toilets and why that's trending. Now, what if Odell sues them? He could. People, I, well, that's I, what I they understand. said allegedly. It, they did say allegedly, huh? It's just weird, man. People have podcasts, people do these interviews, and people say whatever they feel like they want to say or whatever they can say just to get attention. A lot of this stuff is really just to get what happened just now, which is a mention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That is but, you know, wild. I only did it because a lot of people were talking about it online, and they're like, wow, Odell. So just wanted y'all to know what it was. Take from it what you will. Might not be true. Well, can I just say for all the people who have uh, platforms, all these people who have podcasts, you know, learn from us. When you put these things out there, you better have some proof that can back these things up because people will sue you. Trust me. Listen to somebody who's been sued a few times. (laughs) Somebody who has sued a couple of people. But if you say allegedly, does it, can you, does that avoid I don't think allegedly always protects you. Not always. I'm not, uh, not, not always. I think in most cases it can. 
All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your alleged rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. All right. When we come back, let's get to the People's Choice Mix. Revolt. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout to everybody in Atlanta. Shout to DJ Louis V. Shout to June. Shout to DJ Mona, my whole family at the 105.3, the Beat family. I had an amazing time out. I was in Atlanta for a, a day. I had to take care of some business, and I actually did a party, my first party. It was it was kind of strange. You know, coming from the New York, New Jersey area, if you don't wear a mask, it's kind of like people look down on you, like you should be wearing your mask. But in Atlanta, when you wear your mask, they kind of look down on you. Like, why you got that mask, mask on? Mask shaming. So uh, I think I was the only one in the club besides staff with masks on. And so you're in the studio in Atlanta doing a show? Yeah, I'm in the studio in Atlanta, yep. So you didn't bring your equipment and set it up yourself. You went to the studio. Yeah, I went to the studio, yeah. Shout out to Louis V for having uh, his personalities in the studio. I'm ready to get back in the studio, my goddamn self. Okay, I'm tired of this Zoom. I'm tired of these laptops. I need to be back in the studio. I need that energy. Well, if you go back to the studio, you still got to use your laptop, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we got the positive note. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right, now, Charlemagne, you got a, a positive note for the people? Yes, I do. Um, my positive note is simply this. It's a, it's a Tuesday, start of another work week. Uh, a lot of kids going back to school. I just want everybody out there to know you cannot break a person who gets their strength from God. So a lot of us parents right now are leaning on our higher power in order for to not let that parental paranoia, that anxiety of sending our kids back to school during this pandemic make us go crazy. So just know all the parents out there and for anybody in general, you cannot break a person who gets their strength from God. Breakfast club, bitches. You all finished or y'all done? 